Welcome to Change of Plans. I'm Andres Zuleta. On Change of Plans, we feature stories of resilience and reinvention, interviewing entrepreneurs and other creative individuals who have found fun and inspiring ways to adapt to sudden, unexpected challenges. My guests today are Andrew Miller and Angela Spear of Tulip Town, an innovative flower farm in rural Washington state. When the coronavirus threatened to erase over 90% of their revenue, Andrew, Angela, and their team were forced to get creative and reinvent their business model from scratch. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Can you just give us kind of paint the picture of what Tulip Town was up to before all of this craziness started? You bet. So last June, uh, we're five high school friends. Uh, we got together and decided we wanted to, to do something that was really impactful for the community that we grew up in. So we decided to buy Tulip Town. Uh, and Tulip Town had been around for, we're entering our 36th year. Uh, and Tulip Town is a 30-acre tulip garden and field, uh, right, that has about seven acres in tulips every year. And so we inherited a playbook that included growing amazing fields uh, of about 65 different varieties and we'd have up to 100,000 people that would come in and uh, you know pay pay to come in to see our tulips um, and uh, that just didn't happen this year. So normally the spring is a huge time for you is that right? It is. Uh, tulips only bloom for about two weeks per uh, variety so we have about up to six weeks of bloom uh, across all of our um, varieties. So yeah, the month of April, uh, depending, Mother Nature gets to decide when the tulips come up, but there's a definitely a sense of urgency associated with, with tulips. So yeah, and every April, our community has the Tulip Festival. So, you know, anywhere from three to 400,000 people come to Skagit Valley to see the beautiful fields of color and, you know, uh, support our local economy. And so this year, you know, it wasn't just our playbook that got blown up. It was a lot of other of our friends and um, community members that, that lost out as well. Right. To what extent, I mean, had you planned your kind of entire year around having, you know, your first ever spring be successful? Yeah, so um, we do probably 90 to 95% of our revenue during the tulip season. So we were banking on it. Uh, quite a bit. <laughs> um, well, and we had made some incremental changes, you know, so we looked at the at the old strategy of, hey, a bunch of people are going to come uh, and visit. And we looked at some of the ways that we could kind of incremental changes. So we took all of the retail in-house and we took all of the the cafe and, you know, a lot of the commerce that happened here. Um, and we said, okay, well, we think that we can redesign that in ways that are more efficient. Um, and really up to date with the modern consumer. Okay, and so we were moving on that right up until probably the first week in March, and then we started to pay a lot more attention to some of the other the global trends uh, like like COVID nineteen. And I, I'm a recovering Air Force intelligence officer, so I kind of make a sport of trying to keep track of what's going on in the world. Um, and as soon as you know, we started seeing um, that the potential for this impact, we started talking about ways that you know incremental changes it was really quickly became you know big time changes mm -hmm. 
would you say was there kind of a specific turning point, a specific moment? Um, you know, maybe one of you just thought, hey, you know, we all really need to take this seriously. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think when when they shut down, when the governor of California shut down California, we're like, okay, it's it's time to really sit back and think about how this is going to impact our business and our plans for the season. So, um, and then it, from there, it was almost on a daily basis that we were pivoting and shifting our business model based on, you know, Governor Inslee here in Washington state and his mandates, you know, literally every day we're like, okay, what do we need to pivot from our current plan to still share the beauty, still keep our business afloat, um, adapt to kind of the world that we're living in right now. Right. We looked at it and said, okay, worst case and then most likely. And that kept changing, you know, according to policy. And we were going to do a drive through, you know, you could not get out of your car. We game plan this down to, again, using technology levers to say, hey, you could buy tickets online, not even get out of your car. We'll scan the QR code through your, the car, your, your window mm-hmm. and, and have zero potential for, for risk. And the governor still said, no, you guys don't get to open. Um, and so then we said, all right, well, then we have to do something different. If people can't come out here at all, we're going to have to take tulips to the people. Yeah. And it was a conversation of, okay, guys, we need to, we need to pivot and we need to figure out how to ship these flowers because people want these flowers. People needed color and joy and life in their lives, you know, during these crazy times. But we'd never done that before. And it was one of those, let's make the decision and then fit, we'll figure out how to do it. <laughs> you know, we right. did not have everything all the way thought out as we made decisions, which, you know, typically isn't the way we would go about business, but there just wasn't always time for that. Right. And in some ways we just sat down and said, Hey, look, um, there's a lot of disruption going on right now, but we need to be intentional and positive because a lot of people were watching us. That's one thing that we noticed really early. We live in a small community, um, where there are other tulip farmers. There are other people who, whose businesses are, were on the ropes as well that perhaps weren't as agile or didn't have the experience that we had coming into this challenge. I was the global crisis manager at Amazon, you know, before I, I moved home back up here. So we were familiar with the frameworks that we could bring to bear of saying, hey, look, we're going to choose creativity. We're going to choose new connections. Um, and we're going to choose clarity. How can this crisis really drive those three things? And so we started to put those in, in, into different piles and really focused on that instead of the, the, the potential for despair. <laughs> yeah, we knew we, like sitting idle was not an option. Right. Just shutting down, that was never going to happen. That's not our style. And there was way too much on the line. I'm, I'm really curious to dive into some of your pivots in a little more detail. Mm-hmm. And it seems like such a core part of the business model of a, of a flower farm like yours is having people visit in person to see the flowers. So just take me back to the moment where you realized that that wasn't going to be possible and how you got creative in that moment to then think about, for example, the vehicle option. Well, I think, so Governor Inslee, the governor here in Washington, had a, had a press conference. Press conference, thank you. Um, and he actually called out the Skagit Valley Tulip Festival and said, they've canceled it, don't go up there. Oh. And I think each one of us kind of, were watching it on different screens because nobody, none of us really had time and I, my phone starts blowing up and everybody's, oh, governor just called you guys out and shut you down and what are you going to do? 
I, I just remember, and everybody's on the farm, we're all doing our things. And it just turns around. And I remember like yelling across the parking lot, this is great. This is going to be great. And another <laughs> one of our partners is like, you're out of your mind. Like, what are you talking about? I said, I haven't figured it out yet, but this will be great. We'll, he we'll did. just figure he did. it out. He did do that. And I mean, the, the beauty of the team of five of us is that we did all have our, our, our breakdowns and our moments of, you know, fear and sadness and what are we going to do? But we didn't all have them at the same time. Right? right. And so we got to rally around each other and support each other through the process. Cause you have to acknowledge what's happening. Right. Like right off the bat, like this is not going to be good for our business. But like Andrew said, like it just wasn't an option to sit idly. And so we, I mean, we're, we started spitballing. I would say that's right exactly away. what it is like, okay, this is going to be great. What do you mean? I, give me five minutes to walk around the parking lot, walk around the farm and make a check on the flowers going to get recentered, but I need a clean whiteboard and some markers and we're just going to reconvene and we're going to put our purpose in the middle and just start mind mapping from there. So what is it? What hasn't changed? Well, what hasn't changed is that we have an amazing expression of our flowers. Okay. Well, how can we share that with people that can't be here? Well, we could send it to them. All right, good. Make that a pile of work. Well, we've never done that before. I know, but somebody has and we'll figure it out. Right. So, yeah. and our, our mantra really is test and iterate. Right. And so we'll figure out, okay, well, let's, let's somebody take that. Okay. Well, how else do people, you know, enjoy flowers? Well, and yeah. I was standing at the front gate one day and I was like, it was a weekend and there was tons of cars driving by. And this is a, a small rural, road. rural yeah. farm road that there's not a lot of traffic. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, lemonade stand. I was like, that's the model that's always worked. Right. So we set up a little farm stand at our gate and it became kind of a beacon of light and hope for a lot of our community, people would come out as a ritual every weekend and buy tulips. They would buy armfuls of tulips and take them and deliver them to their neighbors and, and everything. So it was just kind of those like moments of, wait, let me, let me think back to the basics. Well, and then also being able to like pull on this, uh, the, the five of us in our experience, right? So two of us are lawyers. So we immediately went and printed out like, what are the, what is the specific mandate? What can we do? What, you know, what's, what's called out there. And so we just start line by lining, like highlighters out. He said, okay, farm stands are permissible, but there's some squishy language around whether that it looks like the intent is for food, but it doesn't actually say for food. It says <laughs> farm stands like, okay, we've got a farm stand. Okay. Let's, let's get the farm stand out and we'll start selling, you know, tulips out there. But then there was social pressure. So you had neighbors that were like, how dare you? You're going to kill us all because people are going to drive up from Seattle with COVID and buy flowers from you. And you're like, that's, that actually isn't how it's going to work. You know, that's, that's an illogical, emotional response. And so we're fighting off the social pressure um, at the same time, you know, really literally like lawyering the, the, these, these mandates. Um, and then I get the, that picked up the phone because I needed to do it. And I called the governor's office. And I said, hey, this is Andrew from Tulip Town, and here's what we're going to do. Um, what do you think? Uh, and that just became an iterative conversation um, just about kind of the, what's permissible. And, yeah, we pushed the limits, but we saved our business in the process. So you had a very creative team. I'm curious. I mean, what was your process of – did you have a process for kind of vetting ideas, and how did you kind of divvy up the pursuing these various ideas that you had? Yeah, this is Angela's superpower, right? <laughs> From her background's in project management. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm the ex executioner, not in the way that, that yeah. it might sound, although some days, no, I'm kidding. Um, so Andrew, uh, really is our, our big ideas person and him and I, we work together all day, every day. And so <clears throat> we're really good at throwing out ideas. And then I go down that road of, okay, how are we going to execute it? So there was a lot of that with the team of like, okay, here's an idea. Let's kind of think through all of the steps that we're going to have to, you know, pull this idea off. And, you know, some of them were feasible and some of them weren't. And some of them we got halfway through and we're like, okay, we we're going to ship flowers. We need supplies. Well, a lot of companies were shut down and finding supplies and getting them in an urgent fashion wasn't the easiest. So, you know, I'm on the phone and all of a sudden I'm a procurement department. And well, it was just like not, it was just not an option. We, but it, at the same time, like this is, this is a perfect example of how things work here. I, for days, had been fielding emails and social, I run our social media stuff. And so tons of people, the demand signal is blinking red for our flowers, right? People wanted our flowers in Louisiana and in Key West and Denver. And our friends all across the country were calling and say, hey, I heard you guys are on the ropes. What can I do? Could I buy flowers from you? And I said, yeah, yeah, we're, we're working on that. We're working on that. You know, kind of the house is on fire in some ways. And finally, I think it was like noon on a Thursday or something. And I just said, we will have that figured out by the end of the day. And then Rachel, another one of our partners, turns to Angela and says, did he just sign us up to ship flowers? <laughs> and I said, I hung up the phone. And I said, yes, we're going to figure it out by the end of the day. If it means me driving flowers to the post office. And that's literally what happened. We just started shipping flowers. Wow. So I, I mean, I love that you kind of just decided to take action and almost you know, light a little bit of a fire under yourself to, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. force yourselves to uh, execute. But I'm wondering if you could also just for our listeners who aren't familiar with some of your social media efforts, um, what are some of the other things that you have done to get the word out? I mean, how are you getting people in Louisiana, for example, uh, interested in your flowers? So I think one of the one of the first things that we did, and it was almost like just a form of therapy because we were standing, we had this field to ourselves, which in some ways is really cool. And in other ways it was like, man, this is such a waste. So I just grabbed my cell phone and went out there and started doing Facebook live walk and talks through the fields. Um, and I'm up early and, and stay up late. And so I would do them at sunrise and, and sunset, which is the, you know, the golden hours for photographers. And so um, that's just kind of kicked off uh, a bit of a following as far as people just keeping track of what was going on at Tulip Town. And, and we knew people were stuck on the couch. Yeah, Andrew did a phenomenal job of connecting with people through social media. And it was exactly what people needed at that time. They needed beauty. They needed someone's calming voice. They needed, you know, to know that they weren't alone in this, in this, you know, crazy world we're living in right now. And and he was, I mean, the, the guy was up early and stayed late every single day. Um, and people absolutely adored it. You have all these great ideas. Um, have any of the things that you've done during this kind of period of crisis, are they things that you're going to kind of continue doing into the future, you think? Absolutely. I think that's one takeaway for sure from this season is we we're forced to make decisions and pivot our business model in ways that um, actually turned out to be really beneficial and um, allowed us to connect with 
people in a different way and also different people. Um, and those are absolutely things we're going to carry into actually the fall. We have some ideas for a, um, a campaign that we're going to do this fall and then also to next season. What would you say is the kind of the most beneficial thing to come out of it for you and also for your fellow farmers in the area? And then related to that, what advice would you give to people in other parts of the country, other parts of the world, and even other industries who are not quite getting the spark of inspiration that you've been able to get? I would say that what we, what we get coming out of this the most really is just a confidence um, in our ability to, to respond creatively to these challenges. Yeah, and I think we've, we embarked on this with a very clear vision for our team and for the business. Um, and that's really what, you know, can drive you in times of uncertainty. Um, we have a strong team. We trust each other. I mean, those are all things that really contribute to our success. Um, and to build on kind of what, what came out of the season for us, I think typically the Tulip Festival attracts a lot of tourists, right, from, from outside our valley. And I think this year, a lot of locals were able to connect with tulips in a way that they've just never been able to do before uh, because of traffic or crowds. You know, they don't, they don't really want to deal with it. And so it was, um, I guess, if you had to find a silver lining, um, it was the, the local community for the probably maybe the first time ever really got to slow down and appreciate the beauty of the tulips and kind of what they mean to the valley. Well, your story is incredibly inspiring. I'm curious. I mean, you've you've had so many positives come out of what could have been, you know, a really terrible situation. But at the same time, do you have kind of any excitement for things to get back to normal? Yes, we absolutely. <laughs> we, I think taking our first weekend off or our first day off was pretty exciting in in about four months um, because it's not going to be long before we take on our next challenge. So. Right. You know, and that's part of our farm, right? Just trying to transition it to be more resilient and, and have, we think that there's a reason every season to be here at Tulip Town. And in the spring, it's easy. It's for tulips. In the summer, you know, we can grow amazing strawberries up here in Skagit Valley. And in the fall, we've got a, a, a harvest festival with pumpkins and the corn maize. And, and during the winter, we have migrating uh, waterfowl from, like, from Russia. So we have the birds of winter that come. And so, like Angel said, that, that means that we have to be busy year-round, but it's, it's worth it. How can our listeners um, in the United States and also in other parts of the world support you? So you can visit our, our website at Tulip Town, and we're also on, on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook also at Tulip Town. And we ship Tulip Bulbs uh, anywhere in the United States. And so if you're interested in, in, in partnering with us on that, uh, you, can, you can purchase your tulip bulbs on our website. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining. Great. Thank you for uh, helping us unpack and learn a, a little bit more about ourselves even. <laughs> Thanks. I love it. Yeah, your story is amazing. So please check the show notes for more about Tulip Town and the great work they're doing. If this episode inspired you, please share it with a friend and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, visit changeofplanspodcast.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in.